Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, Daily Intermission fans, Season 3, Episode 8, welcome. We're back. It's uh, it's Monday. It's a beautiful Monday morning. I don't know where uh, September went. It's uh, it's flown by, and we are into October. It's when you wake up and it's dark out, and you go to bed, it's dark out. So the days are getting shorter. Um, but we're back in studio, and I am actually without my assistant captain Nate for today. So you're just stuck with me. But I'll do my best to uh, get through the sports update, give you some laughs. It's not going to be as electric as it normally is, but I'm going to do my best. So Saturday night was uh, an electric night. I had a five, I think, television rotation on the go. I had uh, some baseball on the go. I had some Jays Red Sox. I had the UFC fights on the go. I had some college football. I had Mackenzie Hughes and the uh, Mark Hubbard going on the PGA Tour. So it was an electric Saturday night. But when I was watching the, the UFC, it was a fight night. It was Mackenzie Dern versus Yearn, or versus Yawn, I apologize, in, uh, in the UFC. And it was at the UFC headquarters in Las Vegas and a very empty crowd. And it came on the media this week that Mark Zuckerberg, obviously CEO of Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling it these days, Instagram and Facebook, he bought out the facility and was sitting ringside next to Dana White. And I was like, oh my goodness. Anyway, the amount of money that these guys have, these social media entrepreneurs, it's absolutely outrageous. But he bought out the UFC headquarters for that fight night and there were some electric fights. I mean, it continues to uh, to grow uh, on my uh, on my list of things to to watch and, and, and just must watch sports, I should say. But we've got a big fight coming up October 22nd. There's like three absolute heaters, two belts on the line, Sterling versus... Um, Gosh, his name is, has escaped me, but uh, as well as um, Oliveira is putting the belt on the line. Sterling's putting the belt on the line. We also have Sugar Sean O'Malley, who's um, you know famously always hanging out with the Nalk boys. So he'll be fighting on October 22nd. So that's a date to circle on your calendars if you're a UFC fan, but continuing in the pregame show. And I forgot to mention that the pregame show is brought to you by Manscaped. So make sure you head over to manscaped.com. Best tools for your family jewels. I mean, this thing will get you trimmed up everywheres and anywheres on your body. Uh, it's nick-free. It's waterproof. It's an amazing product. So go over to manscaped.com. Use the code TDI for 20% off and free shipping. There was a soccer game in Indonesia this week. And during the soccer game, uh, the home teams, I do the home team that, that the majority of the fans were rooting for, I do believe, ended up losing. Interesting here. The fans, very visually upset, started throwing bottles and food down at the players and the refs. And then a riot broke out. One of the bigger riots in soccer history. 170 deaths in this riot in Indonesia. I mean, there's lunatic fans around sports, and then there's soccer fans. I mean, this is absolutely outrageous. How does this happen? A riot that kills 150 people at a soccer game. So obviously, we're, we're you know we're thinking about the people in Indonesia, and um, honestly... 
I mean, I didn't know that uh, it was, it was, I didn't even know the league, the teams, as you know me, I don't follow the soccer world as closely as, as possible, but 170 deaths at a soccer game. Absolutely outrageous. Speaking of outrageous, finishing in the pregame show, there was a fishing event. I think it was in Florida. So in fishing contest, you go and you've got a certain amount of time and a lot of time to go out and it's whoever can catch the most weight and fish in within the three hours. So these clowns come back and I, I don't know what types of fish they were fishing for, but they ended up winning by like double the amount. Second place had 16 pounds worth of fish. These guys had like 33 pounds worth of fish. And so I think this kind of threw the judges off. So they ended up cutting open some of the fish. They had stuffed the fish they caught with lead balls. Like, okay, I get che- cheating happens all the time in sports, but like, don't you cheat in a way where it's like maybe stuff them and maybe win by like a couple win, like at 19 pounds, 20 pounds. Don't double up the second place finisher in pounds of lead stuffed in your fish. What a clown act it is in Florida right now for those, for those guys in the, uh, in the fishing contest. That's one thing that I don't do enough is uh, in the summers and is hunting fish. And I know hunting season is, is kind of alive and well right now, but uh, I do love fishing and um, you know, it's uh, it's been a while and it's something I definitely want to take up a little bit more. Maybe as I get older, maybe when the golf game is just completely in shambles, I'll, I'll move to fishing, but that is going to conclude the pregame show here of episode eight, season three. And I was just about to say, and Nate, we're moving on, but Nate is is uh, is is absent today. So we're we're gonna move into the MLB because the MLB is the playoff picture has been painted, pretty much. Sorry, my mic's just uh, moving around here. So we're gonna talk about the MLB, the playoff picture. So I didn't realize, and we had been talking about it on the podcast that we were, you know, like that we were ignorant to this fact. So the first, the first and second place teams in each league, the American League and National League, will get buys. So if we're talking about the American League. The New York Yankees and the Houston Astros will get buys. So that means the Guardians, who came third, the third place division winner, will play the last place wildcard team in a three-game series to figure out the teams that will go on and play Houston and, and New York. So it looks like the Guardians will play the Rays, and the Guardians will host all three games out of that series. And the Jays are looking like they'll play the Mariners and will host all three games. I still don't know. I'm still not sold that this playoff setup, this playoff picture is the way to go in the MLB. And I just, I always resort back to the fact that they're playing 162 games in the regular season. And these three, five game series are going to decide um, playoff matches and, and the most meaningful baseball. And I get, I, I, the argument is, is that they don't want teams, you know, showcasing their fourth and fifth starters. They want their three strongest horses pitching. But I'm like, well, if one team has to do it, the other team has to do it, you know, and there's definitely teams like the Rays who don't really have a starting pen when it comes to their fourth and fifth. They'll, they'll just send out their bullpen for the entire game. So it's an interesting, you know, I know it's changed this year that more teams are, are joining the playoffs in the MLB, but it's going to be interesting to see if this is kind of set in stone and this is what fans want to see, because I want to see more baseball, more meaningful baseball, but uh, we're definitely excited for the playoffs to come. Um, we haven't, we didn't discuss the AL East as cl- or the NL East as closely as we should, but the Braves and Mets had a series this weekend that pretty much was for the NL East title. And, and as I just mentioned, these two teams are two of the top teams. So this is for the second place behind the Dodgers in the NL. They'll get a buy for this. And the Braves end up sweeping the Mets. So the Mets, who had an incredible start to the season, it didn't seem like they were going to get caught in the NL East, have been caught 
by the defending champions. The Braves are heating up at a great time right now. Um, so it looks like the Braves and the Dodgers will get buys, and the Mets will end up playing the Padres, who clinched, and then the Cardinals will play the Phillies. That's how it stands today. There could be some, you know, some change in that through the next, you know, three four days where uh, they're finishing up and concluding the regular season. But uh, Albert Pujols continues to make headlines. I mean, obviously, you know, such a beloved character in the MLB. He hit his 702nd home run, so he's well over 700 now, and he tied Babe Ruth for second all time in RBIs. I mean, this is such an incredible career, first ballot Hall of Famer. But I want to talk about the Cardinals as a whole because they've got Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright still pitching for the Cardinals as well as Yadier Molina. They set records for the amount of uh, pitcher-catcher appearances they've had together. Uh, but this Cardinals team, what a Cinderella story they would be. They're coming into the third seed in the NL. They'll play the bottom wildcard team, uh, which is going to be the Phillies, uh, which I know Nate is, has been verbally uh, heavily against due to the Bryce Harper presence in Philadelphia. But what a run that would be if the Cardinals could get a World Series for Albert Pujols in his last season and Yadier and Adam Rain- Wainwright winding down their careers. What a special story that would be for the St. Louis Cardinals to win a World Series. Um, I, this Otani guy, I mean, he never, he's just always in the in the media, but uh, he signed a one-year $30 million deal to avoid arbitration with the Los Angeles Angels. He'll become a free agent after next season. And I'm I'm gonna throw a uh, throw a 75% chance that man finds himself in the AL East after next season. It just seems like the the Red Sox and Yankees are two teams that are gonna be you know making some moves looking to get Shohei Otani on their team. But the playoffs are pretty much here, so we'll have tons of playoff news. Uh, I'm not I'm gonna save the breakdown for Nate when he's back in studio on Thursday to to really forecast some series and talk about who we like and who we're gonna be betting on in the MLB. But we're finally here in October, and October baseball is the best. All right, we had a crazy Sunday yesterday in the NFL. We're going to move into quarter two here. I'm just checking in on the time. We're at nine minutes. Monologue season here for Greg. So I I apologize if it's not as electric as it always is, but we'll get back on track on Thursday. But we're moving into the NFL. And Thursday night, we had the Bengals hosting the Miami Dolphins. And the Bengals... They were 1-2 and two going into this game. A lot of heat around them. They ended up winning. They ended up winning the game, but it's certain. And their jerseys were absolutely electric. I don't know if you saw those whiteout jerseys in the stadium in Cincinnati. It was phenomenal. But Tua Televailoga, two weeks ago on Sunday, it would have been a week ago, I should say, he got hit against the Buffalo Bills, was visually kind of stumbling as he got up, and old Lyman had to help him, and he was stumbling, and, and uh, he had to go into the locker room for the concussion protocol. He ended up returning in the second half, playing the rest of that game. But definitely after that game, there was some, you know, skepticism around, you know, how much uh, he was looked into. And, you know, obviously he's a tough kid. Um, but on Thursday Night Football, four days later, he gets slammed down in the second quarter by a defensive lineman on the Bengals, and he gets stretchered off. It was an extremely scary scene. Um, and then obviously, you know, it was a concussion, and thing people revert back to what happened on the Sunday against the Bills. You know, should he have been playing in that game, let alone the Thursday nighter? So he was rushed to hospitals. It sounds like he's stable and everything's good, and, and he's just dealing with uh, some serious concussion symptoms. But the Miami Dolphins are facing a lot of heat from not only the public, but the league and the Players Association. The doctor who cleared Tua to go back into the game on the Thursday has been fired probably the fall guy in that. But the Dolphins have been kind of a sketchy organization. I mean, they had um, tampering charges with Sean Payton uh, out of New Orleans and and obviously Tom Brady when he was leaving New England. 
it's an interesting situation going in there. And then obviously with the firing of Brian Flores after finishing the season so strong last year, I mean, the Dolphins have been kind of a sketchy organization. It's going to be interesting to see what comes of this. Obviously, we're thinking about Tua. That was such a scary scene. But the Bengals beat the Dolphins, get to 2-2. Two and two. The Dolphins 3-1. and one. Um, and, uh, and and things will move on. And we're hoping that Tua is back in the mix soon because the Dolphins, they do have a fun team to watch. Uh, but moving into Sunday, they started things off Sunday early, 10.30 my time, 9.30 Eastern uh, at Tottenham Stadium in London, England. Uh, it was the Saints playing the Vikings, and Kirk Cousins ends up taking his team down. They kick the field goal to win, and uh, they win 28-25 against the Saints. Andy Dalton's playing for the Saints. The Saints were without running back Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, so a very depleted Saints team uh, ends up losing to the, Char- the, to the Vikings. Uh, the Chargers take care of the Texans. Uh, Justin Herbert looked better after a week healing those ribs, threw for a bunch of yards. They ended up taking care of the Texans. That was a lot of people's survivors pool bets I do believe um, but Austin Eckler went off and, and he got his which is nice for the fantasy owners of Austin Eckler because I know a lot of people are high on him this season the Giants end up beating the Bears in an absolute snooze fest 20-12 to 12. I don't know about this Justin Fields guy I'm going to be completely honest he doesn't seem like he can sit in the pocket and throw for a bunch of yards I'm not sold on Justin Fields obviously a tremendous career at Ohio State uh, but Danny Dimes gets it done and uh, and the Giants beat the Bears 20-12 to 12. And they're three and one, the Giants. I should mention that this ALE or this uh, American League or N- <laughs> the NFC East is actually looking pretty good. I mean, you've got the Eagles who are four and zero, but they can't be feeling too too comfortable because you've got the Cowboys who ended up winning and beating the Commanders twenty five to ten. Cooper Rush looked good again. Zeke Elliott was getting a, a, getting a few looks, and this Dallas defense is is monstrous, man. This Trayvon Diggs is locked down on your top receiver. I mean, Micah Parsons is an absolute freak of nature. He's pressuring the quarterback every second play, it seems. So this Dallas defense is really. I mean, let's let's revert back to Week One after Dak Prescott went down. I mean, the entire football world was freaking out about Dallas Cowboys and how their season was done. They're 3-1 and one now with Cooper Rush coming back, and I'm assuming Dak's going to be back in the next few weeks. So Dallas Cowboy fans are feeling pretty good. The New York Giants fans are feeling pretty good. I don't think they've had a notable win. They've had a fairly weak schedule to start the year. But they got two 3-1 teams chasing down the 4-0 Eagles who took care of the Jacksonville Jaguars this week and a rainy one in Philly. Uh, but that uh, that NFC East is is certainly not uh, not intact. The commanders look bad. Carson Wentz had a strong first few weeks throwing, but he looked terrible yesterday. I mean, Ron Rivera, what happened to Carson Wentz? I mean, that's a topic for a whole other series. But, I mean, this guy was an MVP candidate before he got injured in 2017, before they went on to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But, I mean, Carson Wentz just hasn't seemed to find his stride and find, you know, he makes awful decisions and, you know, obviously he's been under a ton of pressure. That offensive line in Washington has been extremely weak. But, I mean, come on. The return of Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter for the New York Jets, end up taking down the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Kenny Pickett got some action for the Steelers. Mitch Trubisky ends up, I mean, he lost his opportunity. I mean, Mitch Trubisky has been on a uh, tough run since uh, been being drafted was it first overall or second overall? Um, but uh, Trubisky loses the job. It looks like he's going to lose the job to uh, to Kenny Pickett, and they're going to get Kenny Pickett in the mix. Um, but the Jets end up beating the Steelers, and the Steelers I had I was contemplating the Steelers for a survivor pick. I thought they were going to win this game at home, uh, but Zach Wilson gets it done uh, for the Jets, and I know Jets fans are uh, excited. They're two and two, and and they get their uh, mill hunting quarterback back. Falcons end up beating the Browns at home. I like that line. If you watched our stream with Andy Agar, I was all over the Falcons plus one this week. I loved that line. I didn't think that uh, the Browns 
Um, we're going to get it down on the road. So the Falcons end up winning that game. The Titans dust the Colts after the Colts seem to be riding high after taking out the Kansas City Chiefs the week before. The Titans end up taking care of the Colts, and I'm not sure where the Colts stand. I know a lot of Colts fans were, I mean, even me, I was bullish on the Colts being a strong team in the AFC South this year, but they have looked awful. Matt Ryan is showing age, and uh, the Titans just take care of them in, in old-school fashion. A little beat down on the road. Uh, the Bills grind out a, uh, a road win against the the uh, the Ravens. It was 20-3 to at one point. but They come back, win it 23-20. to Josh Allen looked like an absolute monster. So the Bills are up for sure, for real. And uh, I think the Ravens are as well. I mean, Lamar had a great game. I think Lamar, and that was, that was a battle of two uh, AFC MVP contenders, NFL MVP contenders for sure. Uh, that was a fun one to watch. The Cardinals end up beating the Carolina Panthers. Bit of a snoozer here. Uh, I had projected this to go as it did. Uh, I'm not sold on the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey I mean, fantasy owners must be so frustrated. I forgot to talk about Jonathan Taylor and when I was talking about the Colts, but Jonathan Taylor and, and uh, Christian McCaffrey haven't been the horses that fantasy owners expect them to be. And uh, it's been a tough season so far for them. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully that they can turn that around and start uh, putting up some monstrous games for the fantasy owners. Uh, Denver. Ends up losing to Las Vegas. Las Vegas gets their first win. I know Mark Davis, owner of the Vegas Raiders, took aside Josh McDaniels and said, listen, what the hell? What the hell's going on here? They end up beating the Broncos. Finally, Russell Wilson had a decent fantasy day, um, but uh, the Raiders win. There was a nice jersey exchange between Carr and Russ, and Russ doesn't seem too phased. I'm on, I've got Russell in one of my fantasy leagues, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with Russell Wilson, but a uh, nice little jersey exchange at the end of the game. The Vegas Raiders get on the board. They're 1-3 now. The Patriots... Forced overtime against the Green Bay Packers. Are you kidding me? Bailey Zappi got a lot of a the rookie quarterback out of Western Kentucky, I do believe. Anyway, gets a, gets a lot of action. Brian Hoyer started the game, but it ended up being Bailey Zappi with the majority of the action. Rahondre Stevenson and Damian Harris played extremely well, but the Packers end up winning in overtime. I mean, Green Bay fans would have been beside themselves if they would have lost to a rookie quarterback. But the Patriots played well. I thought they showed a lot of signs of uh, of life, and I think they're going to be okay moving forward. I mean, I don't obviously they're not going to be a Super Bowl winner this year. But I like the building blocks they've got in place there. The Patriots looked lively, and uh, and the Green Bay Packer, Packers end up beating them in overtime. Kansas City was two-point underdogs in the Sunday nighter this week versus Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I was super interested in this line with the Buccaneers receivers continuing to be banged up with just Tom Brady not looking fantastic through the first three weeks. Their defense obviously looked fantastic. But I thought the Chiefs... Might have been, you know, the favorite in this game. They ended up winning by 10, 41-31 on a Sunday night football. But I liked the Chiefs. I know a lot of people were on the Chiefs spread and money line. So I think the Chiefs probably rinsed the uh, the books last night. And I'm not sure. Brady was visually upset at times. But I think this Bucks team is going to be okay. Devin White. I mean, if you haven't heard of Devin White, linebacker number 45 in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, take note of this guy. He's an absolute freak in nature. He flies around the field. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Month. But... The Chiefs take care of Brady on uh, on Sunday Night Football, and it was an electric Sunday. So we'll move in. Uh, I'll, we'll give out our best bets on the chalkboard app this week for Monday Night Football on the Thursday Nighter. Um, but I can't believe it's week four already, and it's coming past. Um, but there was a few good bets. A few good par- I missed a few parlays, but I was on the Chargers spread. Um, so a few bets won, but uh, Sundays, I mean, it's a battle. It's a bloodbath in the betting world. Halftime show this week. There isn't one. I can't do a halftime show alone. And if I'm going to, I've got to put more thought into it. So there's no halftime show this week. We've got an electric quarter three. We've got a little NBA NHL action. And then we're going to move into some golf talk in quarter three. 
Um, but starting things off in the NHL, the NHL has been plagued with injuries. A lot of teams, I mean, we look at the Maple Leafs back end right now uh, with, Jay, with Jake Muzzin dealing with some back issues. You've got uh, Timothy Lilligren dealing with issues. So uh, so there's injuries around the league. I know Taylor Hall for the Bruins is out. It's interesting. I mean, the topic comes up, like are they playing too many preseason games? And another topic that came up out of the NHL this week is that should they be able to dress more guys or have guys that are there watching be able to dress if a guy goes down because we watched the Leafs preseason game you had Callie Yarncroke playing defense you had Alex Kerfoot playing defense I mean in the totality and the whole holistic view of the preseason it's for evaluation and it's for kind of getting the legs back under you for the veterans and evaluation of young guys getting experience um but it doesn't do very, you know. It doesn't do much if you've got to see Kali Yonkroak, if you're the Leafs and Alex Kerfoot on defense. You've got other young defensemen who could use this experience and use this evaluation. So, I heard Mike Johnson and Elliot Friedman uh, come out this week and talk about how uh, NHL teams have been fairly verbal on the ability to dress more guys or have the ability to bring in a guy out of the stands, get warmed up, and play uh, if the if players go down to injuries in the first. And second period. So that's going to be interesting to see if that's at some owners' meetings uh, later on. Uh, but Rasmus Sandin, uh, Leafs fans will be relieved to hear that he has signed a two-year $1.4 million deal on the AAV. Um, I I don't know if I'm soiling this guy. He's a little defenseman, a little lefty. Um, I don't know if that's the type of the defense, type of defenseman that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs need. Uh, it seems like they've got a lot of undersized lefties on their decor. Uh, but he's back. I mean, he he's shown some shot strides and, and, and shown some good play at times. Um, but he'll be back in the mix, obviously, as soon as possible now that he's signed. Um, Habs GM verbally upset. Mr. Hughes with uh, Slavkowski said his performance right now in the preseason has been underwhelming. So for, so for Habs fans, I mean, this guy... This guy needs to, uh, you know, be be you know a promising prospect, and you're hoping that he's showing promising signs in the preseason. But I was expecting Slavkowski, the first overall pick, to be playing in the Habs lineup this year. Doesn't sound like he's a lock to be. And I look at the Habs lineup this year. They just signed Jake Allen to a two-year, seven-point-seven million-dollar deal. I actually think that this team could make some noise. Interesting point. Josh Anderson, who I'm a big fan of, he got a spider bite on his hand and it swelled up, so he's out for a little bit. Uh, but I don't mind the Habs team. And I think Marty St. Louis is really instilling some confidence into this Montreal team. So they're a team I think is going to be in the bottom four of the Atlantic Division. Uh, I expect them. But they are going to give teams, they're not going to be an easy walkover, especially playing in that Bell Center uh, where it's so electric. Jacob Chikrin. Defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes is drawing a ton of attention. Last year, uh, I know teams were kind of in the uh, in the market for him come trade deadline. He ended up staying in Arizona, but now things are really heating up. And if you're a GM in the NHL, especially if you're a team that's expected to make the playoffs, you're reaching out to Arizona right now. You're doing your due diligence on you know what uh, what it's going to take to get Jacob Chikrin on your team. Um, I know teams like Ottawa. I know teams like Toronto. I'm not sure how Toronto will be able to get that done, uh, but he's an absolute stud. He's still young. I think he's 26 years old. But Jacob Chikrin, this is worth noting. This is worth following. Uh, he is going to be, it seems he's going to be dealt uh, in the next few weeks. So that's a that's a front to watch uh, in Arizona. Them playing in front of their 5,000 fans. Giannis Akatatumbo moving in the NBA world here in quarter three of episode eight, season three. Giannis had a very candid interview. I like this Giannis character. He's such a he's such a fun guy to listen to. His English is getting much better. And obviously, he's an absolute freak of nature. He's a top three player in the NBA right now. But he came out and said, listen, once I'm done my NBA career, 
I don't want anybody, I don't want any media attention. I'm not going to be living in LA, living in the star. I'm going somewhere where nobody knows my name and I'm going to ride off in the sunset with my hundreds of millions of dollars doing whatever I want without anybody keeping tabs on me. And I think I'd be the exact same way if I were Giannis Akatetambo. You make more money than you ever imagined. You've got your family and generations after that set up. Just go live your life. You know, you spend so much time in North America being famous, asking for photos, you know, just dealing with all of the fame in North America. I think he's right. And he said he mentioned Tim Duncan. Like, what's Tim Duncan doing right now? I want to be like Tim Duncan. And uh, I really, I can appreciate that uh, from Giannis Akatetambo. You know, just wanted to sail off in the sunset after he's done his career. And uh, and I know some guys, you know, we look at the Mannings, we look at Brady's already kind of, he's got that contract in place with Fox, but we look at the Mannings kind of back in the scene. You know, some guys can't live their life without being involved in the sport they played. And I get that too. You know, I understand that the love and the passion that they have for those sports uh, is something that's not going to be able to uh, keep them away for long. But I think I would be uh, on the same wavelength as Giannis by saying, I'm going to a foreign country i'm going to europe i'm going somewhere where i'm not as well known and i am going to live my life like a normal human being like someone who's outside of the sports world tyler hero signs a contract for the miami heat obviously a six man at times has been an absolute monster for them uh, a real shining star for the miami heat he signed a four-year 130 million dollar contract so that's a big that's a big deal for Heat fans. I think the Heat are going to have a solid season. I think Kyle Lowry is going to have a better year than he did last year. Obviously, Jimmy Buckets is a beast. And bam, Adebayo. I really like what the Heat are doing. The Grizzlies signed Kiwi, New Zealander, Stephen Adams, that monstrous man uh, center for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. He's sticking around for two years at $25 million. So, you know, 12 and a half per year. And the Celtics bring in Blake Griffin. I didn't know Blake Griffin could still play in the NBA. I know he's been kind of shipped around um, from team to team in the last few years, but uh, you know what? We're uh, you know we're looking at uh, bringing in Blake Griffin and him making some noise off the bench. And a new coach for the Celtics uh, got his first win, obviously with uh, uh, their coach being suspended for uh, wheeling and dealing with an employee that uh, broke team conduct. But that's going to conclude the NHL and NBA. We're still a few weeks away from, from regular season, but uh, I think actually only 10 days. So we get the regular season. We get the, we're going to get our NHL preview show coming around the corner. Uh, we'll be giving out uh, our picks. I'm going to tell you right now, my Stanley Cup pick is uh, the um, Edmonton Oilers, and my NBA championship pick is the Los Angeles Clippers. But my NBA pick is subject to change. I'll be locking in the Oilers all season long. Okay, in the golf world, we're going to move into quarter four here. And I told you guys, I told the listeners last last episode that I was perplexed by the choice of Taylor Pendrith on the President's Cup team. So the President's Cup obviously held last weekend. The U.S. absolutely dusted the world. But it was interesting. There was two Canadians on the team. Mike Weir was a captain. Corey Connors was... Uh, Corey Connors, Taylor Pendrith were the Canadians picked for that team. But... Those two had a connection back from Kent State when three Canadians were at Kent State in 2012, all at the same time. Corey Connors, Taylor Pendrith, and Mackenzie Hughes, obviously all on the PGA Tour. Mackenzie Hughes has been in the mix in some majors. He's been leading after some days. He's been a competitive guy. He's got a win on the PGA Tour. He was not picked for this President's Cup team, which I don't know. I, I think he was upset with, and I was as well. Taylor Pendrith and Corey Connors are closer friends, so I think Corey Connors and Mike Weir said, let's bring Taylor along. 
Well, Mackenzie Hughes this week at the Sanderson Farms said, boys, hold my beer, hold my dick, and he goes and he wins the Sanderson Farms championship. Mackenzie Hughes, Canadian, ends up winning in a playoff against Substraka. That is pumpkin nuts. That is rolling around with your balls in a wheelbarrow and saying, fuck you guys for not picking me for the President's Cup. And I love this from Mackenzie Hughes. What a monster. And he ices it out. And, and he had you know, a fairly candid interview after the performance he showed at the Sanderson Farms in Mississippi. And he said, listen, I knew from day one, I was going to do this thing. I was going to win this thing. And I think he was not only proving it to his Kent State coaches, to the, you know, to the uh, President's Cup team, to the President's Cup in two years in Canada. Mackenzie Hughes showed it to Corey Connors and Taylor Prentice and said, listen, you guys were picked, but I'm, I, I'm one of the better, I'm one of the best Canadians. And Corey, I know you're a great ball striker, but get a win because I just got one. And that's a huge win for Mackenzie Hughes. I'm excited for the guy. I was so fired up for Canadian Mackenzie Hughes to get it done, especially after not being picked at the President's Cup. So we get the Shriners Children's Hospital event this week. It's a great charity event. Uh, it's a PGA Tour event. They get World Golf Rankings and FedEx Cup player uh, rankings, but it's a very charitable event. It's a lot of philanthropy going on. There'll be children there playing and, and hanging out, and, and there'll be a lot of autographs signed, a lot of money donated to the uh, Shriners Children's Hospital. And uh, there's some big names playing, so we'll preview that on Thursday for the Friday episode. Um, but Firewagon Dog Water of the Week. My Firewagon has to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we wrote them off uh, in 8-9 on the podcast. So we decided that without Dak Prescott, they were not going to be the team uh, to win very many games. But they're 3-0 without Dak. They're 3-1 on the season. And they're going to get Dak back in the next few weeks. And they're going to be just fine. So the Dallas Cowboys are my Firewagon of the Week. My Dog Water of the Week is the commanders and Carson Wentz Carson man I need Terry McLaren to get the ball for fantasy you've got you know you've got decent maybe I'll go with the O-line but you've got a decent backfield you know with JD McKissick and Antonio Gibson I mean your team seems to be okay they need Chase Young back I know he's unhealthy right now and he's going to make a big difference on that D-line but gosh they've been bad the commanders are a tough watch so they're my dog water of the week and that's going to end my monologue, folks. I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you download the Chalkboard app. Come talk some sports with us. Make sure you're on all of our socials. Make sure you're giving the podcast a nice five-star. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening to just me today. We'll have Nate back for more of an electric episode Friday. Listen, enjoy your weeks, folks. Enjoy your work weeks. Enjoy your sports weeks. And we'll be back soon.